Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! MarketingMoneyPodcast.com listeners, you know, we have uh, partners in our show, and one of those is Rain Local. You can find them at RainLocal.com on the intranets, and they do a lot of good work for you in your marketing mix, such as digital placement, geofencing, organic and native geo placement, as well as some location finding, heat mapping, some social media, paid placement boosting, and all that good stuff. So uh, they can describe it better than I can, but they've been uh, good to work with. I can tell you from personal experience, I'm not going to endorse something that I think does not work or we do, we do not think works. Check out Rain at uh, rainlocal.com and see what they can do for your digital needs with your banking. Check them out. And now back to the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. And the Marketing Money Podcast. The Marketing Money Podcast is back again. Second podcast of the year. We're still in January, but we're in the third or fourth week of January at this time. I can't keep count of a calendar. What's a calendar? We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think we're going to talk about something today that's near and dear to all of us, and that's uh, how you market. Messaging. Messaging. And marketing. And branding. And branding. And other things. Oh, I, I like other things. So... So New Year's resolutions are starting to run so, out. So funny. Yeah. Uh, I was reading back on a transcript of one of these just to kind of check out what we're doing, try to get better at this stuff. Yeah. We, we're supposed to do we that? start sentences with so, so much. Yeah. So, 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 so. And it's hard not to. Yeah. And I find I listen to other people speak now in meetings and conference calls and all this. And so may be the universal connector it's just, it's just a transitional like there's right. it's the universal because people have gotten away from the uh anymore hmm. and because i think it became so uh uh oh you're dumb because you say uh which it was basically just a mental pause until you got your next thought which is their research now that says it's actually smarter people <laughs> say uh because they think before they talk but it's become uh, so and i know i've noticed a lot of people yeah, say but, so now well i mean if you just sit there before let, let's do an experiment which one sounds dumber uh, let's talk about branding, or so, let's talk about branding. <laughs> but I've just noticed yeah. it a lot. It, uh, we, so we, is now the universal message transistor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I don't even know what to do now. So, go ahead. Yeah, we. I think we first noticed this when we were doing a, a show, Do Not Go Find It, Please. Hopefully we deleted that. No, it's still up. Leave it up. Local it's, brand. Sometimes you got to go back and see the pain. Anyway, so we found out another thing. We were like, dang, we just start. It was like every cut, every edit was starting with so. The other so, one. So, so much. Is that, you know, John and I rarely, rarely seen apart out at the bank marketing conference. You normally see us together. You'd think we have a lot in common. There are a few things, and this is going to be a, a segue. I'm already setting it up. A couple of things we, we don't have in common. One of those is our blinking ratio. I, Josh Mabus, do not blink. I I blink maybe three times a day. I, John Oxford, do not not blink. Yeah. I live in a strobe light. Yeah. And My world is literally like just a disco party. We're sitting there watching these videos back, 
and we first noticed, like, John, why are you blinking so much? Yeah, like, bleak, 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 and, bleak, and bleak. I blink so much that it doesn't look like I'm blinking. Like, yeah. it's so rapid, like a car, you know, when it spins and the hubcap looks like it's going in a direction. That's the way my eyes are. There's it, so much blinking that it slows down on camera, and you're like, why are you blinking the it's entire like you're time? It's like blinking in reverse. You're exactly. unblinking. I'm unblinking. You're actually opening your eyes. I, the whole time. You... Whatever the opposite of blinking is, I try to make up a word. Everyone around me thinks I'm trying to wish them good luck because they're like, he's winking at me. Just, no, I'm just just blinking. Well, then we then John's like, well, how many times do you blink? And he looked at me like, we, we played like a 20-minute clip. Don't ever get in a stare-gaze game with Josh Mavis because yeah. he will stare you into the next century. I have very moist eyes. They're just staring. Yeah. Just, Never blinks. It's like a lizard. And I just, I completely blink. Yeah. He's Living bl- in strobe. Yeah. I mean, it's just blip, 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 blip. So here's another area that we're different. And John doesn't know what I'm about to say. This is going to be a confession right here. Everybody's, um, <laughs> everybody's, uh, you know, getting off their their New Year's resolutions kicks. Well, th- this is the time you're when you're done with them. Yeah. Like you get, you have about a two and a half week so, window and so, either it becomes habit or you're done. I'm going to make a confession to John that I've never made before. Okay. I love McDonald's. You love McDonald's. John hates McDonald's. I don't hate McDonald's. I just hate McDonald's. <laughs> no, I don't hate it. You you eat breakfast there, but I like their hash browns. Yeah, arounds or the hash browns or hash rounds. No, they, that's Hardee's. Hardee's has the hash Jr. for okay. West Coasters. So, uh, Carl's Jr. That's correct. I hate is a strong word. I don't, you would not. I eat, don't. Prefer you would not eat a burger it. there. I haven't had a Big Mac in probably twenty five years. Yeah. 25 years I, I've I had fr- I like the fries I, I do I like the, I don't want to I don't want to get caught in the McDonald's I like the fries uh, their soft drinks are soft drinks so whatever yeah uh, they the breakfast is okay I will sneak and get a double cheeseburger like that's my thing like that's my like I will go like shamefully secretly go eat a double cheeseburger so that's your guilty pleasure yeah okay I also love McDonald's as a brand so the movie The Founder, the, I like that movie. I so, thought it got clowned a little bit. I so like the that trailer movie. was better than the movie yeah. because like it had cool music and like you know like you could have cut you could have cut that movie down to about a twenty minute TV show and it'd been just as good. It's just a great story, and so we talk about so is a yeah. There you go. Now you're gonna be conscious about it. yeah. We talk about how banks aren't like other in. Entities that people bring up all the time, Coke and Nike and blah, 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 blah. But I do think there are some lessons to learn from McDonald's in bank marketing and in messaging. And I went on a Disney rant. I like big brands, and I cannot lie. (laughs) I like that. You like that? I do. Sir markets a lot. Have you? uh, I like that, too. Have you heard the story, Sidebar, about, I think we might have discussed before about the dude that got Sir Mix-a-Lot's cell phone number? Yeah. There, there was a story in the, I believe it was... Business Insider. No, it wasn't, but that's funny. Uh, Call back to last podcast. That was... Uh, Listen. What was it in this week? It was either in the New York Times or the Washington Post or one of these. It was one of these relationship columns. Don't know why it popped up on Facebook, but I read it. And it was about this couple, this lady married this guy named David in New York. And she kept getting phone calls all day, every day from women wanting to see David. And she had just married him, and she was like, is he living a double life? Like, And his family, when they got married, was like, don't marry this guy. You don't know him that well. And she's like, I don't know. 
and keeps going, keeps going. And all these women are calling. Well, he's answering. And he's like, don't call back. Keeps hanging up. And she's like, this is so shady. And he's like, I can't tell you. And she's like, is he lying? And then finally, after like a couple of weeks, it's going on. A guy calls. And he's like, is David there? And she's like, no. And he's like, where is he? And she's like, well, he's my husband. Why are you calling? And he says, well, there's no way you're married to him. We need to get rid of this problem right now. He's got about to go on tour. And she says, well, no, he's not. And I'm not a problem. I'm his wife. And he says, put David Lee Roth on the phone. And she said, my husband's name is David French. And it just so happens that they had the same first name. And it was David Lee Roth's old number. And he was giving it out to groupies. He didn't want to find him again after he had his fun with him on tour. And they're calling the same number over and over again asking for David. Bad coincidental naming newlywed so skepticism and he can't answer why all these women are calling and so she's like not trusting him and so finally the attorney who called there think because he couldn't reach david because david was off at, david lee roth is off in some hotel living the life of a rock star yeah. calls the number thing well maybe he's there and she said not only did the attorney call there one time david lee roth's father called there work looking for him one time to like wish him happy birthday or something and it's a crazy story because his name is edgar lee roth which, yeah, but I, I didn't know that. Don't play Balderdash with me. <laughs> but the point of this is, Sir Mix-a-Lot also, you can Google this, guy got a new cell phone and Sir Mix-a-Lot changed his numbers because same reasons, roading, meeting people, whatever. He, roading. Roading. The life on the road. <laughs> you meet too many people, you got you to gotta get your circle a back. got to get your circle back. <laughs> okay. Limit your square of influence. So anyway, uh, the, the guy kept getting calls on Sir Mix-a-Lot's number, inviting to parties, you know, wanting him to go make new music, all this stuff. And he said it was real weird because until he kind of weaned the people into the new phone number for Sir Mix-a-Lot, he was Sir Mix-a-Lot's answering service for about a month and a half. Yeah. And so the, both these stories are kind of funny because they remind me of exactly what you're speaking of. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Because I said a Sir Mix-a-Lot joke. Because you think you're something you're not. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you something else that banks have to deal with. What's that? So I'm going to give you a scenario. Or a scenario, whichever one you want. Which one you want? A scenario. Okay, I'm going to give you a scenario. It's really a scenario, but don't tell John. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, no, it's not. It's uh, Alco or whatever sets your rates, or executive management says, we got to go raise some deposits. You get handed some budget and say, John, go, go market this new um, variable rate. <laughs> it is funny. MMA. Because it's like, hey, we want to go back and change that later. Because that's, oh yeah, that's okay. We're gonna give you a big rate, but we're gonna pull that back down. Clients will never know. Maybe it'll go up. Yeah, maybe it'll, it has. It I've has. seen it go up. So we're gonna do this or a CD, a three point five CD, whatever for you know this rate for thirteen months. So you go make some awesome ads because we because you'd call then me and I'd make the awesome get ads. to the point. You just took like a twenty-minute sidebar on David. I don't know. It was interesting. You're not. This isn't interesting. Make it interesting, okay? Uh, you put out these ads. They go out in the newspaper because you love newspaper. Your favorite medium. Oh yeah, they still have those. Yeah, and big, nice, well-read newspaper. Business person opens it, flipping through. Who's looking for a new bank? And they look down, and there's your. Those ad. people exist. There's your ad that says. 3.5, 13-month CD. And he's like, oh, well, that's interesting. I'm looking for a, a bank for my business because um, I'm tired of the way that, that I've been ta not been taken care of. That's what we in the biz call a missed opportunity. Yeah, so that scenario, I think, plays out a good bit. 
And I think that, you know, this is one of those things that you can't, as a marketer, look at your boss and say, I'm not going to run the CD ad. Like, and as a marketer, you finally gave us something, a promotion. Like, this will actually bring people in. I have to use this thing. Ugh, CD ads. Gross. But, I mean, it's like you finally gave me a a thing to a promotion. I didn't, I'm, I'm not able to promote without it. So I have to use it. It was reactive. We had to do it, all that, but we just missed somebody. Let's say this business person has a $2 million operating account for his business, some CRE loans, some whatever else, line of credit. It's a good bank client, but he looked at you and said, you're a CD retail bank. I'm looking for a commercial bank. Do you think that, I mean, that, that's a true thing that, that happens, right? I'm sure at some point it does. I, and I think you agree with this, that people generally know what a bank does. Now we've pretty famously as much as we can said they don't know how it works but you know what a bank does yeah what's it 20 percent of the population is quote unbanked which is kind of a little but i think that i think you have to make it deci- i think half that at least makes a decision but i think even if you set the person down and even if they were pick every level of under education you can do from dropout to whatever i think they'd still say yeah bank they they handle money like that's what they would yeah. say uh, in my opinion, this this is my opinion, but I think they would say they handle money. And then as you moved up, kind of if the person had a bank or not, whatever, they would say, yeah, they have a checking account. Oh, they make loans. They do mortgages. Like I, I would dare you, say 70 to 80 percent of the American populi or populace, whichever one you want to use. Well, if you're not Latin, you would yes, use the second one. Knows what a bank does. Yeah. So I guess what I would say is in, that, uh, in, in the same scenario, another way is if you put a bank ad in there, that quarter page, full page, half page ad that said, we're a bank that takes care of our people, a brand ad, yeah. that that person would look at it and say, dang, a bank that takes care of its people, I don't feel very taken care of. I'll go to that one. I'll go to that I, one. Or I'll consider it or when consider I have a, a moment. And so that's branding. And that's why both of us always are, are we're big brand proponents. And I think that some people may be on the CFO side or the COO side sometimes. And even some, you know, others are like, oh, well, that that's just so you don't have to like commit to a thing or whatever. No. If you get name ID and awareness to a person. The other stuff just happens. Well, they, they, they know can, what it is. They can fill in, especially on the more sophisticated side. And, and look, what's the ad trying to do? Convince somebody that's ready to move anyway. Newspaper, TV, digital, I don't care what your media mix is, you have a 0% chance of moving someone who is happy with their bank to your bank. Well, people don't move. They don't- 0%. I think you're... You're not going to do it. If you're happy, there's no way you're moving. You're either upset, which is the biggest needle mover. Yeah. That, right? Or or there's an offer that's better than the current bank you have, and you're willing to give it a try. Yeah. And I think I, think I hadn't planned on this analogy, and I don't know that much about the game of roulette, but I do know that there are bigger payoffs the more the more specific more targeted you get. Yeah, so if you put red 36, I think it's 27 to 1. 27 to 1. I knew it was a 7. I thought it was 37 to 1. 27 to 1. Or you can play a corner which is four numbers, or you can play a color, right? Those are kind of your and, yeah, and odds and evens. So with the lower specificity, the greater your chance of, of winning, winning is, but, but the, the lower le- your payout. payout. Exactly. Same thing in bank marketing. So what do you do? In betting, you hedge. You, you you may put one on a, a, a color and a number, and you just sort of back We know we'll get these lower accounts if we have this type of checking, but they won't be that high or rewarding to us on the revenue side because they're 
what they are, but you get more targeted at the bigger accounts. The reward is bigger, but it's much harder to get them. Right. This is your marketing plan. I'm just going to dump it out because we're audio. You're not going to see the visuals. There are three tiers to messaging because you're never, if somebody hands you a CD rate, you're the, the porn yelled at me. The, the train is yelling at me. It, it feels, it feels like it's personally attacking me right now. It is. All right. One, one is brand. That's a you know your overarching umbrella name ID awareness message that you have to have, and then three, and I'll come back and fill into two. But, <laughs> I like this math. Uh, hold on, but three, we're gonna skip two is a product ad because you're if when you're given a rate, you're not gonna be able to not do that, right? Yeah, you still have to let people know what products. The middle, I don't have a great word for it. So number two is I would call it a transitional ad. That is a branding ad. So Renaissance Bank is a commercial bank. I think they're. If you're in a business publication, if you're in an ag publication, if you're in a high retail where you can have some degree of specificity but not product necessarily, I do think it is good to remind people what type of bank you are. And that might be, again, around a line of business or it might be around if it's the annual United Way ad, it may be that we're a bank that gives back. So it's not just a logo in the middle of a page and maybe a brand message. The way I've broken it down... And these numbers are off for everybody. I, around half of your marketing, half of your advertising spend needs to be brand. I would agree with that. Thirty, maybe even more. Depending well, on well, hold on. Thirty percent is that transitional because it's still brand. So around eighty percent of your buy is some sort of brand. It's branding, product branding. And then twenty percent is product. Yeah. The other thing I would say, just to kind of dump it out there, we'll come back to McDonald's in a second and how great they do at this and what we can learn from them is there, there are brand and product media. TV, newspaper to a degree, radio, not that it's great. Those are brand media. They're not direct response. You can't click. Digital, especially pay-per-click AdWords, product. People are have need searching for need. Well, they're searching need. for a need. They're not searching for your brand name. Yeah. They're searching for what the tag is. Yeah. So right there, I just changed half our audience's life. Just with that, with that knowledge. So we're going to shaking hands in our last podcast. We're going to shake up the world. Here we are. So looking at that, and it's not that you can't do branding on digital, like um, digital display. You can, but there is that direct click, especially in retargeting. They've already seen you, and they're going to come back in. Problem is, your clicks are very few. On yeah, the, on the yeah, activation you're 1%. side of it. Yeah. So once they click, you do need to follow them. They probably need to be some. You need to, to lay some product benefit on it. McDonald's gets this though. McDonald's gets this better than anybody in the world. Generally, I mean, when we started talking about McDonald's earlier, you said some key words. You said hash browns. Yeah. You said Big Mac, which is like a, a registered trademark. Yeah. Should be. Fries. It is. And, and McDonald's gets that. When you're driving down the road, we generally know what McDonald's has. And I think everybody would say, I mean, even the most like... Menus barely changed in 40 years. Yeah. I think the most staunch fast food naysayer would say... I do like those fries. Yeah. Most of, you know what I'm saying? Yet on that billboard, there is a picture of just fries with exit 237. Or a Big Mac, or an Egg McMuffin, or a Quarter Pounder, you know, all their branded stuff, their their products. So they still do product advertising. But on TV, what are, what are their ads? It's, they hardly- I'm sh- loving it. I'm loving it. They hardly show food. It's like millennials dancing in the rain, or happy family getting a happy meal. 
Those are brand ads. Yeah. The Golden Arches with French fries and exit number, that's not a brand ad. That's product. That's a product ad. It's product placement is almost what I'd call it. Yeah, but it, but it is product. And here's the difference. A billboard for Eubank is a is a brand, a brand play. Yeah. For McDonald's, that's a direct response medium. It's just like a digital ad. You see those arches which represent I'm gonna pull off fries. I'm gonna go get some of those fries. No, it's a direct and it, it, so it's weird. So media can transition depending on your industry. So don't run product ad on Billboard Bank. Don't. That's brand. That's how you use that. Run product over in digital or direct mail, these direct response uh, media. But McDonald's gets it. They will they will give you this overarching knowledge of McDonald's as this warm and fuzzy place on television, on radio too. That radio is more of a direct response for uh, McDonald's than it is for you. But they will still, and they spend 4 to 6% of their revenue on marketing still, even though you know McDonald's, yeah. you know what they do, you know how they do it, you know what it tastes like. They will still advertise to you, but they break well, it down. It's a nostalgia brand. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like banging. The earlier you get the person, probably the longer they stay with you. And when we did focus groups, a lot of the kids, I say kids, but the, the millennial young, well, millennials aren't kids anymore, the Gen Zers or whatever they are. They'll say, well, that's where my parents banked. Or I had that account in high school. That was my first bank account. So it becomes a legacy product to them and they won't move. And I think McDonald's does that the same as the child. You grow up with the French fries and the milkshakes and all the stuff we just spoke of. And as you get older, your taste sophistication changes sophistication changes and uh, you know depending on who you are and where you eat and I guess socioeconomics as well McDonald's may be part of your decision set of where to eat or not but everyone I say this and I don't like using over encompassing words like that still can taste those fries in their mind if they yeah. want to well the other thing is I will and I haven't out- eaten a Big Mac in 25 years I can tell you exactly what one tastes like yeah I mean you know I, mean, you I can- know I yeah. know and it's 25 years yeah. maybe even longer I'm just saying I know approximately it's got to be that long because yeah. I haven't had one well the other thing is I will say that well where's transitional they do it they do breakfast ads I mean that's their we're a McDonald's is breakfast, just like my so, bank is commercial so and they ba- do lunch. And you transit, and now we're retail. And they don't ever do dinner, though. Do you ever notice that? They, McDonald's really doesn't say come in and eat a, a family dinner here. They really don't. It's kind of a, I, I think that has to be their focus in their survey and saying that people look at it as food on the go, lunch, yeah. breakfast quickly on travel. Dinner, it's not so much a choice. Yeah. I think they get into probably competing with whatever Pizza higher level and, dinner. I mean, that's a dinner, like... Pizza is more of a dinner food, KFC, those type things. But in, it's in that point, genre. Though. It's an interesting point. I'd love to get the McDonald's personally and be like, why do y'all never mention dinner as a oh, Bobby had some point, of, point, of, uh, point of advertising? But it's breakfast. And not really. they don't really define lunch, but it's, it's it, implied. It feels like lunch. Yeah. And it's not that. I mean, they probably do great dinner So what business. do bankers need to take from McDonald's advertising? First is, is know where to place your messaging. So if it's brand, know what mediums are brand mediums and know what mediums are product mediums mm-hmm. and tie the two together as you can. Yeah. And tier it. I mean, it's it's a three-tiered approach is, is the way we look at it. Is if they don't know you exist, they can't do business with you. You've, you've heard us say that many, many times. If I'm looking for a bank and I don't know your bank name or it's just like two or three others in your state, not going to work. And if people go to you for a rate, they will leave you for a rate. Yeah. I mean, if you're advertising to that person who's transitioning anyway. CD, they got some hot money. They want yeah. to bring it in to get paid. I mean, you're going to lose them at the next one, which is, hey, that's your, you know, you got to have those too, but it can't be your only ads. I, the danger that banks get in is is a lack of annual planning a lot. 
and and setting that plan to to build a hole in the budget for when that rate happens, I've got 20, 30% of my budget segmented for that product thing and it replaces the product ad I'm running. Write me and tell me if I'm wrong, but you're sitting there and you've you've made a plan. You've made an annual plan. I'm not saying you don't make an annual plan. I'm just saying you haven't made it like this. Well, oh my God, I got to pull back this ad and this ad and this ad to be able to run this rate ad. I'll say this as as a marketing director for our company who just went through the annual budgeting process and we're still, it's the third week of the year or whatever, you know, we're just starting on our our 2020 budget. It's hard when you've got accountants and CFOs and ours are great ones. And, and I say that in all honesty, not just some like they might listen to this and, like, cause they won't. It's hard to say I have 20% of my budget or 30% of my budget here. That's quote unaccounted for. In other words, like mm-hmm. I need that to be opportunistic during the year. I don't know when I'm going to have uh, a song by that Apple buys that mm-hmm. we've licensed to, or I don't know when I'm going to have the opportunity to buy a show and put my name on it and get a hundred million views or whatever. So there's a certain art to being a marketing director or CMO now in that you have to kind of put, well, we're going to put this much into print, this much into TV, mm-hmm. this much into product. and But in your mind, you know, and this has got to be completely fungible because we may need to move it over here to, to events because we may have a great opportunity to host our 300 top clients that we didn't find out about until March. Yeah. And, and I had and to budget for it in October last year. But if you budgeted it and said, unknown opportunities, yeah. they're going to be like, well, that's a slush fund. Let's take that back. Yeah. So there's, well, a, there's a great skill into being able to move your budget around. Well, there's, there's, there are two things. One, having trust, which you do have. But two, so there's the – and look, when I say this 50, 30, 20, I mean, I'm just saying that the mo- most of your budget needs to be in brand. I, I do not mind – Saying that to every bank out there, tell people I'm a I'm a bank, and tell you tell them what differentiates you from somebody else. And if it's rate, I mean, you got to find something. Well, else, it goes something deeper. But when I'm saying that product ad, twenty percent of it, I'm not saying to open that hole. And I know you're not saying this, but let's clarify it for the audience. I'm not saying don't run any ad. I'm just saying run a product ad that you can then take down and then put in the rate ad. Have product ads yeah. ready. And the other side, I would ads are fungible as well. Yeah. And it's much easier to replace the creative than to take the buy down and put another one in. The other thing, and we won't talk about it in this podcast, I think maybe I have a blog post about it, where we talk about how you plan a budget. Not So put that to the side. There's another axis to the planning matrix, and that is we, we plan our budget 70-20-10. 70% of the budget we try to not change because some of the stuff, even though we do have this other opportunity, we don't. there's still blocking and tackling we have to do, and that's really the lion share of – SEO, et cetera, et cetera. The bank's not changing its strategy. And so you have 20, the 70-20-10 is 70% you plan and commit to annually. 20% we call replan. So quarterly we go back and assess those opportunities. 20% of a budget's way more than a contingency. And then that 10% that some people call a contingency, but contingencies are weird. People tend not to spend their contingency, which is really weird. You need a plan for it to spend, but be able to pull it back very easily. Yeah. And so that 10% is what I call like the knee jerk. It's the... I Hot need money. We need, we need a CD ad. You didn't plan for it. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. We and so it. when you do those two, and look, it's a it's a job. Like like John said, it's an art and a science and a kind well, of that's, headache. That's where you figure out the skill versus just the people that can put it on paper and say, yeah, well, just, it all do. adds up to yeah. the 100% is really planning it and committing to it, but again, committing to it in different levels. So instead of just not running an ad with that 10% for this month because we don't know what we're going to do, we've got a highly temporary ad that we can pull very quickly and replace in our um, media buy. Yeah. 
I think we've talked around this a lot today, and we're bumping up on our regularly scheduled broadcasting time here. So uh, you want to close them out with any uh, words of wisdom from the uh, the Golden Arches, the Clown, and the... Uh, I, I could tell stories about Ronald McDonald and the Hamburglar and uh, Grimace. The but. first thing I ever did, um, I was in third grade, and um, I wanted to do an event when I knew I was going to be a marketer. Um, and I, I did Is this a, when you did the school thing? Yeah. Yeah, I remember this. I did a school fundraiser, had a fair with pony rides and carnival games. I raised money for Ronald McDonald House. And you just did it because you're like, this will be a cool thing to do. Yeah, I don't really know. My Here's the funny thing is this came up like, what's something about you that nobody ever knows, that nobody knew and that, I don't know, it's, it's one of these group things that I Yeah, they name three things. Yeah. One's true. And, and my wife did not believe me because she works here. Um, she called my mother. To like verify because <laughs> it sounded so made up. In third up. grade, did Josh do a fundraiser for the Ronald McDonald House all by himself in yeah. the middle of Pontotoc, Mississippi? Yes, he did. Yeah, and McDonald's came and they, you know, it was one of those things that they actually got wind of it and they brought drinks and um, food and stuff. So I guess maybe that's where kind of love of McDonald's comes. Plus, I grew up in a town that like the, that's what you had. The restaurant was McDonald's. Yeah. yeah, but no, I mean, I think just looking at the three tiered approach again. It may not be 50, 30, 20 for you, but I would say the lion's share of your budget needs to be in some sort of branding activity because they I, don't, I don't know you. They can't do business with you. And I don't want to mislead people into, when I say people don't know how a bank works. We still have to tell them how banking works. But for those people that are looking for a bank, we need to tell them bank and why they should come to you. You may get the, the like roulette if you hit, you know, the CD person that's looking for a CD. Yeah. But again, but you, that, what are you missing when you're doing what's that? this what creates the better marketers from the weaker marketers. Do they understand their brand? Is it people, product, technology, location, value, benefit? What is it? And then how do they deliver it? And can they deliver on that experience? But we'll talk about that in a uh, different episode. So uh, for the Marketing Money Podcast, hope you're still on your New Year's resolution because this is the time of year when you quit doing them. We will uh, talk to you all in another week. See ya. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.